0: Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Why look for the living among the dead? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our celebration this morning that we want to take a closer look at is found in John chapter 20 beginning at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "'Peace be with you.' After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, "'Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you.' And with that, he breathed on them and said, "'Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven.'" This, too, is the gospel of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, who once was dead, but see, he lives, your friends. It's time to to start really living. Have you ever heard anyone say something like that? Have you ever maybe said it yourself or thought words similar to that? Sometimes maybe it's... um, Somebody who is youthful and, and, and has the exuberance of youth that, that feels now it's time to start living. Like a, a, a young woman just graduated from college and says, I'm going to backpack across Europe and, and find out what life is really like. Or, or maybe it's midlife crisis. Somebody, a man turns 40 and decides uh, it's time to buy uh, an overpriced, German luxury sports car and take a two month road trip and really start living. Or maybe it's after 40 years of punching the clock and raising kids that a couple decides it's time to embrace retired life, go on a Mediterranean cruise, and now really start living. Or maybe it's just after enduring 12 months of social distancing and and face masks and uncertainty that makes all of us feel like I want this pandemic to be over so we can really live again. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about really living, but it has nothing to do with backpacks and Porsches and the lifting of executive orders, it has everything to do with Easter. Easter is what makes life really worth living. Jesus' resurrection from the dead means we really live. This morning, let's go with those disciples on that first Easter Those disciples locked in that upper room and let's, along with them, see our risen Savior. See the hands that he shows them and us. Life-giving hands, as he tells us. His resurrection means we now really can live. The disciples weren't just going through a midlife crisis or a burnout that first Easter evening. They were literally scared for their lives. They were so afraid because they had watched their Lord and Savior arrested put through a mockery of a trial, beaten within an inch of his life, and then his life taken from him, all orchestrated by his enemies, the Jewish religious leaders. And they reasoned if they had the power to do that, if they were that evil that they could crucify their Lord, what would be preventing them from coming after his followers? And so they locked themselves up In fear behind doors. They were acting like Jesus was dead. Just three days earlier, they had watched Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane get arrested and they deserted him and ran for their lives. Peter had denied Jesus just as Jesus had told him he would. And even though Jesus had been telling them for months, that this was going to happen, that he was going to be handed over to his enemies, that he would be put to death, and that he would rise again. They acted like they had never heard that. They were surprised. They were shocked by it. And they were acting like Jesus was dead. But Jesus changed all of that. As they huddled in fear behind that locked door, who should appear but Jesus himself. First thing out of his mouth wasn't, hey guys, how are you doing? Holding up okay? It was, peace be with you. And then he did something that gave them peace. He showed them those nail-pierced and spear-pierced hands and side, convincing them. It wasn't a figment of their imagination. They weren't looking at a ghost. They were looking at Jesus. Jesus. The real Jesus. The, the living Jesus. And now, life really was worth living for them. This world can, can be such a dark place, can't it? With all of the, the fears and uncertainties and doubts and, 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 and death. And sometimes maybe we want to go with those disciples behind locked doors and and hide there. Sometimes maybe we wonder, is life really worth living? What is really living? But then Easter comes. Jesus lives. And he tells us, with his life-giving hands, you live too. You really, really live. It it took the disciples a, a little while to really grasp What was going on there, but they finally got it. They finally got what Easter, what Jesus' resurrection really was all about, and it was the meaning of Easter. It was joy. St. John writes the disciples were overjoyed when they saw Jesus. Have you grabbed hold of Easter joy this Easter? Or do we find ourselves locked? by fears and doubts and uncertainties. My friends, stop acting like Jesus is dead. Jesus lives. Grab hold of his life because his resurrected life means our lives are worth living. It means we really live. Believe the message of the women who saw the empty tomb. Believe those Emmaus disciples who had reported seeing Jesus alive. Believe those once fearful and skeptical disciples locked behind closed doors. Believe the life-giving hands of your risen Savior and know that Jesus lives and grab hold of his life and really live. The easy part was over. The easy part of Easter was Jesus showing his disciples he really was alive. But that wasn't The only message he had to deliver to those disciples. You see, he had a job for them to do. The joy and the peace of Easter are not merely states of mind for us to privately enjoy. It's a message we need to share. And so Jesus told his disciples, I am sending you out, out of these locked doors, out into the world with that message. You get the impression that maybe that was a little bit overwhelming for the disciples at first. I mean, you think about it. 72 hours before, they had become fearful, thinking life wasn't worth living, locked behind doors of fear and doubt and skepticism. And, and now all of a sudden they saw Jesus and they knew he really was alive. But now he said, go, go into the world The scope of that call must have been overwhelming to them. He had just transformed them from disciples, meaning followers, into apostles, meaning those who are sent out. He made them, and he makes us, his ambassadors. Ambassadors of the living Savior. (laughs) And that's really worth living But Jesus didn't just send them out on their own. He promised them the Holy Spirit. St. John writes, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, the disciples already had the Holy Spirit in them because there's No way they could have believed in Jesus without the Holy Spirit. St. Paul writes, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. But now Jesus was promising them that same Holy Spirit who had brought them to believe in him, who had brought them to believe that he really was risen from the dead, now that Holy Spirit would empower them, motivate them, and be with them as they went out into the world with the message of the risen Savior. And he did just that. 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, he transformed those, those uneducated Galilean fishermen into apostolic fishers of men. St. Peter, the one who had denied Jesus, now preached such a powerful sermon on that Pentecost Sunday that, that through the power of the Holy Spirit working in that word, 3,000 people became believers in the risen Savior. Now Jesus doesn't promise us that we're going to have those exact same gifts of the Holy Spirit, that suddenly, like the apostles on Pentecost, will start speaking in foreign languages or or that we, through our message, will get to see 3,000 people suddenly come to faith. But Jesus does promise the Holy Spirit is with us as we go out with that message. The Holy Spirit who dwells in you and in me who came to us in the waters of holy baptism is still there in us. Our bodies are his temple. And when we obey the call of Jesus and go out with the message of his resurrection into the world, he's with us. And he's giving us the strength to do it. And he's giving us the words to say. But Jesus didn't just promised them the Holy Spirit, he actually gave them the message they were to deliver. He said, Whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whoever sins you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. It's a big day when parents entrust a house key to their children. It's an even bigger day when they hand over the keys to the car. Maybe you remember that happening or if you're a child, you're looking forward to the day that you get that key. That's a big, big deal. But look what Jesus just did for his disciples and look what he does for us. He hands over to us the keys to heaven. The keys to heaven are unlocking it through the announcement of the forgiveness of sins, through Jesus' death and resurrection. It's also locking the door behind the doors to heaven for those who refuse to believe, who reject Jesus, and our announcement of that to somebody is locking it. But using those keys is living life, a life that's worth living. Keys don't do you any good if you don't use them, right? Uh, uh, being entrusted with the keys to a car and leaving them in your pocket and never taking that car for a drive makes those keys basically worthless. Being entrusted with the keys to the kingdom of heaven as our risen Savior has done for us, if we don't use those keys by sharing the message with others, that makes the keys basically valueless in our lives. So let's use them. That's really living. Use those keys, those Easter keys to heaven that you have been entrusted with by Jesus, your risen Savior. Use them by forgiving each other every day as Christ has forgiven you. Use the keys to heaven that God has given to you that the risen Savior has entrusted you with by being reconciled to that friend or co-worker that, you are now estranged with? Use those keys that our risen Savior has given to us by forgiving that, that, that family member that you've been feuding with. Use the keys that the risen Savior has given to you by, by sharing the message of a risen, living, forgiving Savior with that neighbor who is afraid or angry. Because that's really living. Being at peace with God, being at peace with each other through Jesus' death and resurrection, that's really living. The disciples were not really living. Not when they were locked behind those doors, doors of fear. But Jesus changed all of that. His life-giving hands that he showed to them convinced them he really was alive. How about you? How are you doing? How are you doing this Easter? Do you find yourself maybe locked behind doors of of uncertainty and fear? Are we acting like Jesus is still dead? Stop acting like Jesus is dead because he's not. Jesus lives. Jesus rose from the dead. He who once was dead, who died for our sins and with our sins, lives. Stop acting like Jesus is dead and start acting like Jesus lives. Let's start believing like Jesus lives. Let's start praying like Jesus lives. Let us take up his call to go out as his ambassadors. Let us receive the Holy Spirit through word and sacrament. Let us go out with the keys to heaven and use those keys and really, really live. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.